<clears throat> this is um, Starman yeah. by uh, David Robert Jones, Woo. who changed his name because Davy Jones of the Monkees was more popular. Like a slow voice on a wave of fates that weren't no DJ, that was hazy cosmic jive. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He's told us not to blow it Cause he knows it's all worthwhile They told me Let the children lose it Let the children use it Let all the children boogie Oh man Thank you Welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and prefer not to disclose, back to The Undressing Underground Podcast So, that was Philadelphia area singer-songwriter Jeanette Lynn with her brother Daniel Bernie doing Starman from episode 10 of this podcast back when uh, Dan I guess you could call it an interview he interviewed quotes her quotes around interview not her uh, yeah it was weird and I really enjoyed it but I don't <laughs> Nobody else said anything about it. But at the end of it, uh, they did it all in uh, their dad's basement. And um, at the end of it, they recorded that cover of Starman together. And then followed up with the song of Jeanette's uh, Boys, Keep Me Up Tonight. Keep Me Up at Night, which is about gerbils. And yeah, Dan was the person that introduced me to David, to David Bowie, and he's still a much bigger fan than I am, probably. So I don't know. I don't have much to say about Bowie's death. It meant a lot. He meant a lot to me. His death sort of got in me, but I have no profound statements. So moving on 
today on the show is Brandon Dumais or Dumai or Dumais Dumais. I've never. I asked. I, he might have said his name on the podcast, but I don't remember, and I'm not going back and listening to anything I've done previously. Uh, but I could have asked him last night because he interviewed me for a zine, and I didn't because it never occurs to me he has a last name, I guess. But who gives a shit? Uh, Brandon. As I mentioned, Brandon was on the Edgar Allan Poe cast. He performed The Bells. That was episode 43, 41. And he was on What Are You Doing New Year's Eve with a song from his Christmas album he handed out at work, Subpoenas for Santa, uh, which you can hear at deskdrawers.bandcamp.com. The only thing of his I'm aware of it is online because I uploaded it because he's apparently completely computer illiterate and has no idea to put his zine, his music, his poetry, just fucking anything online. He does all this shit and none of it is online. <laughs> uh, but it will eventually because I will help him, I guess, because I'm a nice fucking guy. Uh, so yeah, we talk about all that. We talk about skateboarding a lot because he does skateboarding and I find skateboarding to be interesting, I guess. I'm changing my tone like a real person who does audio work. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I went on a date with a person. I got bored of dating sites, so I gave somebody on one of them my OkCupid login info. So she would do weird shit, but then all she did was write hate to a couple of people. That was boring. Uh, what else? I ate alone a couple times in restaurants and some guy came and sat in front of me and just started talking to me about Nels Klein. So that was cool. And, uh, yesterday I had to clean up cat diarrhea, which evidently when mixed with vinegar smells a lot like buffalo wings. And, uh... Yeah, I'm sorry. My life just isn't that interesting. I'm not Pete Holmes. I mean, I could be, I guess. I could just tell the same stories every week. I don't know why I keep shitting on Pete Holmes. Oh, I don't have any guests for next week. So any suggestions, please send them to me. I've just, I don't know. I don't have any structure in my life. I'm not doing anything. I'm not working. I'm not... I need help. Send me your guest suggestions because I, I really don't have anything. And next week's my birthday, too. <laughs> and I have to agree to have somebody move. That was weird. But, uh, yeah, I really don't have anything for next week. But subscribe anyway because maybe I will. Or, uh, give me money and, uh, maybe I'll give a shit. But here's Brennan Dumais or Dumais or. Dubai or Dubai Bidet Is that the thing that squirts water in your ass After you take a shit 
I don't know why, but it was selected to Soundflower for my mic, which is <laughs> just is it's my it's a this like app thing you can download to root your sound your computer's sound into the mic input sort of thing like internally so you just you would be if anything was playing you would be hearing the sound in my computer presumably oh okay i don't think i need that no you don't that's i don't know why (laughs) i have no idea why it defaulted to that i think it might have problems with this before too and that would explain that yeah weird yeah but it's working now that's good uh so what's up nothing just uh dropped that one off so now i'm drinking that bottle of vermouth vermouth what is vermouth exactly it's like a really dry sweet wine i used it for i used it for uh making stuffing what on christmas um wouldn't it burn out all the alcohol yeah (laughs) but it was vermouth so i didn't give a shit about it i had actual booze but uh yeah, I ran out of beer yesterday, so I just got <laughs> this is all I have. And I'm not gonna make fucking stuffing again for for a while, so it's just kinda go to waste. Wait, did you only have it for stuffing purposes? Yeah, well I bought yeah, I bought it for stuffing. Why? I don't understand uh, that. I've never had uh, like sweet stuffing even. No, it wasn't it was oyster stuffing. Apparently vermouth goes well with oysters or what? something. Yeah. <laughs> It was only like a couple tablespoons of it, I guess, just for the flavor. Not, I wasn't trying to make like fucking sixteen percent alcohol stuffing. Wait, what's with the oysters though? What the fuck is up with oyster stuffing? I've never heard of that either. You never heard of that? Oh, I'd heard of that for for a while, and since I was going to be in, you know, I was making Christmas dinner on my own, I wanted to fucking try it. So, <laughs> um, apparently, it's a big thing, and uh, I I read that oysters actually are traditional. On Christmas, so in like New England, I, I just, um, I think it's more of a European thing, probably New England. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just it doesn't seem like an LA thing at all. No, it's not. No, God, okay. No. <laughs> uh, so, is that recipe going in your next zine? Do you do that with your zines? Um, what recipes? Yeah. Well, not really, since I like I fucking steal recipes from other people. <laughs> I mean, if somebody has a recipe like that's original, then they're by all means they can fucking do it. I like food. I mean, isn't aren't zines to some point just stealing other people's stuff, like all the collages and everything? Like, isn't it to some extent just artistic theft? Uh, for the most part, yeah. But um, as the editor and the person that like. Uh, like gets all the submissions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it'd be weird if I actually stole something. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody submitted a recipe to you? No, no recipes. Um, trying to think. I don't think we've had a lot of food-based things. Uh, we had a comic once that had like eggs on it. <laughs> that was about it. What do you mean eggs on it? Like in the comic or like on the paper they gave you? Oh, no, they drew it. Okay. They, they drew eggs. They weren't real eggs. That's good. Yeah. Is what what exact I don't remember, I guess, what exactly your zine is. I know I'm supposed to be in it at some point, but that's like all I remember about it really. <laughs> right. Well, um you know like the name and shit? Yeah. Whatever. 
Oh, okay. Well, I did the zine called Remedial Art Class. Um, I've been doing it with my buddy, AJ, um, since like 2011. I'm always kind of foggy on when we started because we had talked about starting shit for ever since we'd known each other, really, which since we were 14. And uh, so I can't exactly remember when we actually started it, but I think our first issue came out like when I was 20 or 21. Hmm. Um, basically it was just that, uh, we were in bands, we were making music and we knew a lot of people that were doing cool shit too. And, uh, we were all kind of struggling to find like decent show spaces and, uh, outlets for what we were doing. So we just decided to do it ourselves (laughs) and, uh, make little, just packets of like shit that we liked from people that we liked and um, just give it out for free. We used to give it out for free up until like the fourth issue, I think. But um, how many yeah. are there now? There's, uh, we had our sixth one come out earlier this year. Okay. So I think we're in talks about the seventh. <laughs> You're in the talks of doing your seventh in four years or something. <laughs> Is that four years? Some, yeah, it's yeah, eleven. No, it'd be four, five years. About four or five years. Yeah, yeah, we're not uh we're not super disciplined on it, <laughs> and um, yeah, because I mean, we started it when we were in college, and right. so we already had pretty conflicting schedules, and right. now we don't live in the same state, so it's basically just whenever we feel like it. What was the per? What how? How was it? Was it? You said you like the purpose was to get your guys' stuff out there to people. Like, how was the zine helping do that? Just having it all in one place, so it was like more for somebody to potentially latch onto. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Um, honestly, like the end was the help. Like that was the means of doing it. Was just that's where it would end. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, I think just the fact that we were actually collecting all these things from these people and um, sort of like putting it in some unified medium. Right. Uh, I think that, I think that was good enough for us and for a lot of people that sent it to us. I think it just showed um, some sort of like uh, community, I guess, just in, just in being able to do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot, a lot of us, like, um, that was the first place we'd ever gotten really published or, like, had somebody see your stuff. Had so you, Had you guys tried? Was there, like, no scene you guys could become a part of? Well, I mean, this was in L.A., uh, but we lived sort of on the suburbs of that, <laughs> like, a little bit south, uh, closer to Orange County. Um, hmm. And, I mean, we had, we kind of grew up in, like, that the sort of like punk DOI scene in LA, like around the smell and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you explain but, the smell real quick? Cause I never heard of that, but then I heard it mentioned on Mark Marin's podcast after you brought it up to me once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well the smell was, well, it, it still is this, this DOI, uh, venue in LA. It's on like, uh, second and main between second and third. It's just this tiny little, uh, shithole. They call it the smell <laughs> because there's no ventilation. Oh shit! And um, <laughs> in LA so can, especially, yeah, yeah. And so it, I mean, 
like I would go to matinee shows there like in the summer and it would just be it would just reek of sweat and <laughs> the alley that you enter from like just reeked of piss. <laughs> um but it was fun. It was it was a place that uh I mean we were all like really into like hardcore punk and stuff when we were kids and um so you hear about all this you know, like the scenes the scenes back then, like you know, black flag and stuff at the church or whatever. I mean back then, like before your time, basically. Yes, yes, way before, way before. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I mean, it was stuff that we were into, but it was all—it was all pretty kind of anachronistic, because right. Nobody we knew or like was directly involved with it. Yeah. But it was kind of like this idealized thing of just a bunch of suburb kids, basically. Really. Just. Yeah, Cause, like, I mean... Ty, like, the thing I heard about was one of uh, Ty Siegel's, uh, not cronies, but like one of the people involved with a lot of his stuff uh, was mm. talking about playing there a lot and stuff. Mm. I, oh, the smell. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, around that time, yeah, it was, it was kind of like the main hub of, I guess, the, like the DOI sort of punk weirdo scene. In, in L.A. around that time. Okay, so it wasn't and just it w- suburban kids. Mm-hmm. Was that something else you were talking about? Sorry. No, no, yeah. The suburban kids thing, that's like, that was a hardcore punk thing. Which, oh, okay. Um, the, the, like, the scene that I was, that I sort of frequented, I guess, when I was younger, that, I mean, there were still a lot of suburb kids, too. Um, you know, but it, it was basically just wanting to make new shit yeah. for other weirdo kids you know and it was it was still something that was fairly new i mean it was reminiscent of like all the old like punk venues back in the 80s and shit and i'm sure other stuff in between but right um i mean it was new bands it wasn't just like uh the same like new hardcore punk bands you know i mean that was the first place like i actually really got into noise and like weirder like electronic shit and dancey punk. Yeah, you never really heard of noise before there, had you? No, no. Um, yeah, I think the first time I ever really properly listened to noise or what I would consider realizing what I was doing, <laughs> listening to noise, uh, I think it was like the second show I went to at The Smell. Jesus and, Christ, um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah uh, I was like, I was like 16 and... Um, Damn. we went, um, my ex-girlfriend and I went to like, w- took a, took the train there and, uh, yeah, like the first, the first, uh, artist that we saw playing was Red Glare, this noise artist from Portland. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at <laughs> or, or hearing. Cause I mean, it all just sounded like, you know, feedback and it was like all just pedal shit. Was he in that but, documentary uh, about the Oregon uh, noise scene or the Portland noise scene? Do you know? Yeah, I think he was. I I didn't see that documentary, but I'm pretty sure I saw his name there. I mean, it's all it's all on YouTube. I mean, it's it's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> most noise documentaries are basically just fine, except for that one. Do you want a copy of? Uh, I forget what's called. Um, oh, the we don't care about music anyway. Yeah, I have mixed feelings yeah. about that, but like that's probably the best noise doc I've actually seen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that might be the only one I've seen. Really. Like properly, 
there's so many on YouTube and Vimeo and shit. Like, if you just search noise documentary, you'll just find, uh, like, all these things where you can't understand the interviews. Like, they're practically noise themselves, like, unintentionally, because there'll just be, like, people in these giant rooms or, like, outside and with, like, wind blowing through, and you can't understand anything they're saying. And it oh, just okay. cuts to a random noise performance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even then, like, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the art itself, like, the noise music... That's, I feel like, in a lot of ways, that's enough for me. I don't really need to know about the ethos behind it. Because really? I can kind of, I can, I feel like I can kind of get it from just what they're doing. <laughs> you don't care about, like, the theory or anything behind it? No, I do. Um, but that's, I doubt that's, I don't, I don't see that as being super present in, like, modern noise documentaries. Unless they were, like, interviewing, yeah. like, Terry Riley or something. Yeah, no, it's mostly just people sort of, like, trying to work backwards from where they started <laughs> like right, i like this yeah. so this is why i think i like doing this <laughs> why mm. i did this it's not like john cage or anything yeah yeah see I, I'm, I'm interested in that but i'm, not, I'm probably not going to read like a manifesto by i don't know like the guy who runs contritica sound what's contritica sound uh it's a noise uh tape label in la okay it's a pretty good one though yeah but yeah What's with all the tape? Like, are you in, you're into tapes too, aren't you? I am. Why? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Why? <laughs> that was another thing. I think that that was sort of like an artifact of like that smell scene. Really? Because um, yeah, like I mean, that was uh, like going to those shows and stuff, and like doing stuff in the city for really the first time uh, ever. You know, as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, I felt like I was, you know, witnessing like what was, what was actually current, hmm. in sort of the like the undercurrent, right. um, and uh, yeah, a lot of bands, especially like the noise bands, would have tapes, and I thought that was cool. I thought that was a little bit nifty, if not like, <laughs> you know, kind of madcap. But um, I also used to like I also used to buy issues of Skyscraper magazine. When I was when I was younger, what's that? Um, it was just like I don't know. It, it was they were just like little mag like mag. Well, they weren't little, but they they were these magazines, and each issue just had a bunch of uh, articles or uh, like interviews with a bunch of bands. Most of them at the time when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I didn't really I didn't really know. Yeah, like Animal Collective and Lightning Bolt and <laughs> um, shit like that, and then they would have like record reviews and. Um, little editorials, and uh, so there was this one editorial uh, called uh, "Tape Labels: The Will to Obscurity," <laughs> where they were basically talking, like you know, talking about the justification of uh, releasing music on a very outdated medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the rationale was that it was. You know, I mean, they were. It was really easy to do and really easy to duplicate. Right. Um, it was aesthetically pleasing, a lot more than like a CDR. Mm-hmm. True. And um, they can just sort of uh, drop it off and leave it, and, and kind of wash their hands of it. Uh, it wasn't like it wasn't like a record where they had to, you know, if they wanted to release it, they had to like buy um, like a pressing of like five hundred, you know, and actually have it haunt them. Right. You know, like. I mean, American Tapes, the uh, John Olson's 
label. Like, I mean, I have stuff from them that's like, like was released like one of six. Yeah. You know, there's only there's only like six <laughs> copies available, and yeah, it's Arv uh, was a tape that he made one copy of on a C60, and then he buried on the hill somewhere in Chicago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, like I always I always love that idea. Just like kind of like I don't know some sort of creative purge. Yeah. Or something. I mean, they're also like even if you do like a release, like they're still crazy cheap. Like I was gonna, I'm still, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to do the release of the podcast that you and other people mm. are on. Mm. And it's only like, what was it like, 150 dollars for like 50 tapes or something? Like it's crazy cheap yeah. to have like an actual professional looking thing in the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's for cassettes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's also that avenue where it's just. Uh, you know oh well yeah yeah i mean to do it your, money yeah to do it yourself is even cheaper obviously but like you want to have like a professional thing even it's still just crazy cheap compared to vinyl like i don't know what a vinyl would actually cost right yeah i don't know i mean you gotta deal with pressing plants and yeah by the plate and all that shit. yeah it's just and they're like crazy booked right now because of the whole vinyl resurgence and everything so it's probably been more expensive and <laughs> yeah that's too so when the taper certain kind of kicks in maybe they might jack up the prices you think it will? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'll be dead in like five to ten years, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I've seen. Um, I saw. I, I feel like I was there for like when tape started to be like started to really be cool again. Yeah. And uh, when it got a little bit overblown, or like, you know, it, it was obvious that it was a trend. And uh, even that didn't really get that big, so yeah. there's probably not a lot of legs uh, for that now. <laughs> But uh, your zine, though, I guess going back to that, uh, you you mentioned like being a collection of things. Like you started off talking about bands, but it's mm-hmm. mostly like art, though, isn't it? Because you don't do do you do compilation CDs with every issue or just some of them? Oh, with everyone. Oh, really? I've done it with everyone. Yeah, nice. yeah. And um, it started off. I mean, uh, yeah, there was like I mean, a lot of it had to do with just being able to. Um, kind of unify like the things that we do and the things that our friends did, um, uh-huh. just sort of under one roof. Um, but I think the tie-in for us to like sort of other scenes or like wider communities were were the interviews that we did, right? Um, and so that like I think we our first interview that we conducted was with the Little's Viking, which is a sort of uh, math rock kind of band. Um, from like LA, I think San Diego area first, but hmm. yeah. So I mean, it was. I mean, we were we were both in bands too, and like that's why the compilation came up because we didn't we didn't want to sort of shortchange everybody just by like focusing on illustration or literature or something, right? Um, because a lot of the cool shit that was around us was just music. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I still consider that like I consider still consider the zine having a fairly musical focus, right? Even though like I mean, even though it's fucking in print. <laughs> did you ever branch out to video at all? Like, did you know any? I know you made a uh, a visual album, but did you? I mean, you can talk about that if you want. But like, did you know any? Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of? It's LA, so obviously there's like Hollywood, but was there like any sort of subversive sort of film scene that you were aware of or part of? 
Um, nothing that I was a part of, no. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we wanted to do, like, we wanted to focus a lot on video, but um, we never got around to it. We always, I think we always wanted to make, like, a video issue, mm-hmm. and that hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think a lot of it just had to do with, we didn't, we, like, our circle of friends, there was a lot of them that, like, did film or, like, not film, but, like, video and um, study that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like maybe it is sort of like uh, a bit of a double-edged sword being in L.A. because <laughs> there is Hollywood. I mean, you would think that there was a lot of like um, sort of like a sub, like a subculture or something subversive about film. And I, I, I know there are. There are some. But a lot of people that we went to actually went to school for that, thinking that the game could dig. <laughs> um so a lot of their stuff was fairly tame so uh yeah we it didn't seem like a pressing thing to like show this to you know or like or, or package it in a certain way just because right. we didn't really have all that but yeah the video the video thing the video album that uh i was a part of that's a little bit independent of that um wasn't that the guy you do the zine with though no, 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 no. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the, the nihilism MD thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a noise project I had with a buddy of mine from college, uh, Mike McDowell. Yeah, when I, he actually, uh, when we met, uh, we we found out that we, we both used to go to the smell all the time, too, like around <laughs> the same time and shit. And nice. uh, he was fucking weird as hell. And he was one of the few <laughs> people that, like, like, that did videos and stuff that. I actually found like really interesting around yeah. like the, you know, around like the five people that I talked to at that point. So, <laughs> yeah. And because like, so we started a noise band and, uh, because a lot of it was just kind of a joke anyway. And just basically, uh, like a product of us getting really trashed <laughs> together, like at, in his den. Um, we thought the video thing would just sort of added humor. <laughs> so how involved were you with that? I know you said he's he's the one that understands Final Cut, so I'm assuming you had no part in the editing, but not really, no. Um yeah, I mean I I filmed um a bunch of the shots that we did. Okay. Uh with like my little VHS camcorder. <laughs> and um like I would play Mostly, get, like, prepare guitar and saxophone for it. You played saxophone on it? I did. Well, I made noise with sax with the saxophone. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. it's like a, like, some a little dipshit trying to sound like John Zorn or something. Like, I don't know what the word would be. I don't know why we yeah, did dipshit. Well, but. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was less like that because I, I, because I, I was, I was very aware of how that could sound. So, yeah. basically, we just fed. Uh, whatever noise I made into like his flanger course or something hmm. and uh, just fucked with that. So we couldn't, you couldn't really tell that it was a saxophone to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> and what is with, uh, I know you have a VHS camera and then an eight millimeter camera, a spray camera, and then mm-hmm. also at least an eight millimeter projector, maybe a sixteen millimeter projector. Like, what is your mm-hmm. obsession with all these dead formats? Like, are you gonna ever do anything with any of these? I know we talked um, about doing an eight millimeter and maybe VHS film together. That never happened because I moved. But yeah, <laughs> it's doubtful. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of it just has to do with like me being alone and bored and uh, feeling like I should delve into like a, a new hobby. Yeah. Um, but uh, the problem is, I'm very undisciplined in anything, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really like read into it and figure out everything and how to do it. Um, <laughs> the projectors and, and the Super 8, actually, that I had, those were um, those were my grandfather's old oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I didn't buy that. I bought a lot of shit, but I didn't buy those specifically. Um, and I kept on... I, I, I held on them, one, because they're just kind of fucking cool to have, but mostly, I think... Um, I mean, you've seen my apartment. You've seen all the shit I have. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's part of. I don't know. I have like, I find being like an archivist like kind of romantic. <laughs> Is that why you work at Scan Digital? Uh, no, that's, <laughs> that's just bad luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen uh, any of the stuff from a uh, Vito and Conchi? Vito Conchi. I think it's his name. It's like, I don't know. If that's how, I mean, that's his name. I don't know if that's how you say it or not. He was sort of like a, uh, I guess, I don't know if you could sort of a performance artist or something from the 70s. But I was mm-hmm. watching some of his stuff yesterday. And there's just like one where he just looks like he's like stoned out of his mind. He's like lying on the floor looking at the camera, telling the person watching it to like come and hang out with them basically while listening oh. to the doors <laughs> so it's like there is shit you could do especially now that you're alone and right just with your dog and probably gonna lose your mind like i was in muncie uh-huh yeah yeah i'm excited for that i'm kind of curious to see where this uh, new loneliness is gonna take me <laughs> do you have any idea oh sorry my uh, cat's automatic food feeder thing just That's right emptied out. Um, but do you have any ideas of what you're gonna try and do are you gonna try and do more music or you could try and work with that shit um yeah probably uh i don't know i i feel like when when these little slumps occur uh <laughs> like you mean sort like of depressions what's that you mean like depressions yeah the jags yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when that sort of rears its head, I feel like I end up spending a lot of money on shit. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've done that with like old, like out of print emo records from <laughs> like fucking from like 94. Wait, shit. emo records from 94? Yeah. That's yeah. a thing in 94? Yeah. Like the, like the old, like the older shit, like, uh, like Chrissy front drive and like Captain Jazz really. Okay. You know, like all like all like kind of the bands that got uh like a you know, like took all like the guitar licks from Fugazi but then got just got really soft and like sang about their feelings. <laughs> like I mean that was rampant throughout the 90s. So there's I I really yeah. got into that shit and um I I think one point after a breakup I sp- I ended up spending like two hundred dollars on skate videos and magazines. Yeah, what is um, with the skate stuff? By the way, like, cause you know, I never, I don't, I didn't see a skateboard in your apartment. I don't think. I do have one. You do? Yeah, I ruined. I don't like. I don't have skate shoes anymore because I, they got ruined in White River. Mm. But I do have a skateboard, and I, I, uh, I started skating. Actually, I mean, skating 
I mean, it's, I grew up in Southern California, so it's kind of yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of standard issue, you know. Is it <laughs> being from the suburbs? Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you like the Lakers, which I don't. Yeah. And I don't like people. Um, <laughs> so Plus skateboarding all, was. That's all skating was is. That, is like, I mean, when you're getting like, really deep into skate culture, isn't it like all about other people? Like once you start making videos and like trading tapes and shit and like music, like getting into all the same punk bands and everything. Yeah, well, it's about it's about people that have like minded interests. I mean, because I mean, even all that stuff, like skating itself, is a very solitary act. Uh, the the, almost the entirety of like my skating and most people's was just doing it outside of your house, uh, hoping no one could see how sh- how shitty you are. Wait, I sort of figured it was like that to begin with, but then after that, it's basically just trying to show off the people, isn't it? <laughs> like to all your friends um, or whatever. Well, not to me because I never got good at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think not like not for a lot of people too, because it does become uh, like if if you actually get really into it, like it becomes sort of like an itch. Like even now, like I was never very good. Yeah. But um, like I think about it constantly. Huh. Like all, I mean, every it 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 kind of uh, it changes the way you see things in a very, I mean, in a very basic way. But like I can't. It's impossible for me to walk by like a flight of stairs. Yeah. Or even like a really well shaped curb, <laughs> and and not think about like what's possible on that right um like even now like i'll like every every so often i'll like i'll slide my feet when i'm walking just to see how smooth the the concrete is hmm. it's just it's like a it becomes a weird obsession i remember when we were walking through south philly on new year's day you kept commenting on all the attic door not the attic the uh, basement the cellar doors cellar doors yeah yeah fucking bobby pulio shit which I still don't understand, like, because they're so small. I don't understand what's being done with them still. <laughs> exactly. I mean, nothing nothing big. <laughs> like, nothing that would really Im- impress uh, 90% of the population. But, um, uh, well, I guess, I guess to, to sort of talk about the skating thing, um, I find it synonymous with, like, getting into punk. Because yeah. actually, I actually got, got into punk through skating. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, because I got into those things, and they were fairly, like, uh, they weren't they weren't very concurrent with like a lot of other things that were sort of acceptable to like at like ten, eleven years old. Okay. Um, wait, wait, like what? What's that? Wait, what wasn't acceptable at ten, eleven years old? Well, like, I mean, listening to the Sex Pistols and. Uh, okay, I mean, it like, sounds about right for yeah nineties, two thousands. Kind of, yeah. I mean, not so much. I went to, I was in a pretty posh area for for elementary school, and I went to college prep school. Mm. So, um, but oh, I mean, it was. I think it it was just these sort of. It, it was just the fact that there were these like sort of weird pockets of people that were really big into things that didn't really matter super much. Yeah. To anybody, like <laughs> even skating, there wasn't much of a competitive. Uh, like current about it, um, you know, you could do that by yourself, and I did <laughs> most of the time. And uh, like punk music, I was sort of entranced by the idea that, like, you know, you could just sort of do it in your basement or something, and like just play in front of 
bunch of other like wiener kids. <laughs> um, and like those two things that, that kind of, uh, that line of thinking really kind of got me into like a broader spectrum of interests. Like I, because like specifically because of that, like I got into like people like John Cage and like John Fahey and Wait, what? free jazz and shit. I mean, John, John Fahey is the one I'm, 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 th- I'm going to make an ass of myself if I try and guess who he is. Who, sure. who is he again? Uh, he was, he was like a, he was a guitarist, um, in the seventies. Yeah. Like he, 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 uh, I think he, I don't know if he started it, but he, he was him and Robbie Bashow were like the two big figures of American, American primitivism. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really understand the the ethics behind it or much of it. I just know that it was weird, and I liked it when I listened to it. Um, but yeah, like, how did John? What was the what was the lineage between skateboarding and John Cage exactly? Like, how exactly do you get from skateboarding? Because I know, like, skateboarding is like all deconstructionism. Like, I've seen videos with like Modest Mouse and shit playing, and mm-hmm. there's like a certain level of a. Uh, it's never it never gets that off on guard though. No, well, uh I won't say that, but even in a lot of like people who like skating, they don't really see how fucking weird it gets. But Yeah. Um well i I mean, again, like I consider um my fascination with like hardcore punk as being somewhat synonymous with skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um sort of like in that Southern California, like Dwayne Peters and like black flag minor threat kind of thing. Right. Because they were all kind of into it too, but um, yeah, I get the so, John Cage is fairly punk rock um, in attitude. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more where it came from. I think uh, I think I was reading some like some comments on Amazon or something. I don't remember exactly what what form it was, but some I was listening to some punk music. I don't know what it was, and uh, somebody said like uh, it's like these guys are nearly as punk as people like John Cage. Oh. So <laughs> I had to know what the fuck, like who's the fucking, yeah, who's challenging the throne here? <laughs> I looked it up and uh, read immediately about like four minutes and 30 seconds. So that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm curious about another thing. Like, how involved did you ever get in skateboarding? Like, I mean, you mentioned you said that most of us alone, but did you ever get involved in the scene? In the scene? Yeah. Um. No, because I'm really shy, and okay. uh, for something like that, that's somewhat skill based. Right. Um, I have absolutely no confidence in. So <laughs> I didn't really get into it until, really, until we started uh, doing the zine. Really. That's when you yeah. started getting into like all the videos and stuff. No, no, those were uh, that was an artifact of me being alone and losing my fucking mind. Yeah, so, so like, what, I mean, like I going online and finding about this shit. Yeah, like uh, you know, like going through like skate sites and stuff and reading about all the old videos that kind of that came out before I was born and shit, and hmm. um, like really kind of researching the. The history, I guess, of it. Yeah. And uh like both like on a cultural level, like in, on the the act itself. Like just the evolution of it through over the last like thirty, forty years or so. Right. But um yeah, I didn't really get into um 
like the scene i assume you mean like somewhat prominent figures in it i just mean like i don't know just like being in it at all i guess <laughs> like oh, yeah like going to parks or hang out with oh anybody. no I, yeah i mean i would i've done that as when i was younger yeah you know but like i didn't i wasn't embedded in like this network of skaters ever really because i mean that's that's how it kind of comes about like there are people that like you know from high school and stuff then there are people that you know from skating yeah and like there are people that you know from like uh going to going to shows and shit you know so i didn't really know a lot of people from skating until until uh i got to do the zine which honestly uh gave me an excuse to really sort of like dig into it like dig into the skate scene and like um, interview people that I liked from the skate scene without ever actually having to show them how bad I was. What kind of people you like? Were these like known figures or were they just like local people um, you had heard of your friends or something? Well, yeah, I mean, well, we started this really for the last issue. Um, uh, we had a couple like uh, photographs and stuff from like local skaters in the last issue. Like they sent them uh, in to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we we started talking to them and stuff, and like, yeah, they would they would submit it. Um, but the last issue, we also had an interview with Patrick O'Dell, who um, he has this he has this like skateboard sort of documentary series on Vice, hmm. and um, it's an amazing series because it's not. Uh, I think we talked about this in the interview. It's not it's not one of those like skate heavy things where like. It's it's called like extreme spot with like with no e in the extreme, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like real Vans Warped or B and shit. Like, right. Um, it's almost adult, like in a sense, just because it's it tries not to like pander to like the fact that it's like an extreme sport, right? You know, but it also just doesn't really try to glorify how like like the I guess like the badassness of it because it's really not. <laughs> I mean, I think I, re- I think I wrote a quote from like a quarter snacks article that said like um, the dirty, uh, the dirty secret of skating is that like most, like most falls don't hurt, hmm. you know? Cause I mean, I think we were talking about nerdiness and, and like getting in skateboarding as much as I am. Yeah. is just a really nerdy activity. Uh, you know, because like n- none of that shit really matters. <laughs> um. So is this like this? Isn't like shot or anything? Like, I mean, like the main skate video I'm aware of is like CKY, basically. Ah, okay. Um. Yeah. So it's not like shot like that. It's like fairly clean looking and everything. Um. The average skate video. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, uh, what the thing you're just talking about? Because I imagine like the average skate videos, like just like mashed together VHS tapes and shit. Oh, oh, uh, Epic Latered. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it was. No, it's it's uh, it's it's. I mean, it's it's really it's it's well done. It's not so much. They're not really skate videos. They're like uh, interviews and like little spots about uh, about some like about pro skaters, mm-hmm. but not not so much like flash in the pan ones that are just kind of pro at the moment. Okay. There are usually ones that actually make interesting subjects. Um, really about like 
what skateboarding can kind of do to you or like <laughs> uh sort of the sort of mentality that kind of comes into becoming a pro skater that's actually interesting and yeah uh isn't just like doing it because they're good at it and they're making money right a lot of these pro skaters weren't really doing that they were just a bunch of freaks <laughs> which is the aspect of skateboarding that i like yeah and um as you know, I've been getting progressively drunk over the course of this. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I can't remember. Did you say that you talked to the guy who does those Vice videos that I can't remember the name of still? I did, yeah. Patrick O'Dell. Yeah. We, did the, uh, we interviewed him um, for the last issue, issue six, and we, we, met, we actually met up with him at a known gallery in L.A. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, some art gallery while he was setting up a, um, a photo gallery of all like polaroids and shit taken by andrew reynolds who's like a really big pro skater okay so um that was a really cool thing because he's one of those people that uh i think we relate to on a level of um like being able to see skateboarding in like sort of as tantamount to like a lot of the other like cool shit that we're into yeah you know um I mean, there's that, there's a whole cliche about how it's not a sport and I really don't give a shit about <laughs> that. But, um, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is there are some, there are some sort of like cultural attachments or subcultural like artifacts within skateboarding itself, mm-hmm. um, that are actually pretty interesting and, and kind of go, uh, along the lines of like other shit that we were into, like sort of, you know weird like tape labels and um yeah sort of like avant-garde avant-garde films or something wait skating you know? does yeah well certain aspects of skating like what because like, i've never like the only avant the closest i can think of to avant-garde and skating besides just like what i guess could be considered like the avant-gardeness of skate videos in general because of their mm-hmm. fairly unique style uh is like uh that one Gus Van Sant film, <laughs> Paranoid Park. Like that's a, Oh God, no, that was awful. I, I enjoyed that. I mean, I used to hate Gus Van Sant after I saw uh, Last Days, but I think if I went back and watched it again, I'd really enjoy it. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like Paranoid Park, and I, I think it's, it's for, like, I don't, I don't feel like you can really make a, a, a film about skateboarding or really a lot of, like, any real subversive culture without kind of, uh, hamming it up a bit. I mean, you can, but it's really, really hard. What do you mean hamming and, it up, though? Like, kind of aggrandizing it, I guess, and making it sort of, like, um, like bigger than it is. It felt pretty on the level to me. I mean, it's just, like, a group of teenagers, and then there's, like, that older guy, but he's, like, just a deadbeat, basically, the one skater he's talking to at one point. Yeah, I don't know. It was just too... I found it very sort of a... Like cloyingly dramatic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's based. I mean, if I look back at Gus Van Sant's film, they're all fairly heavy on drama. It's mostly not like in a soap opera way, but like they are yeah. very. There's a lot of inner turmoil for the different characters. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, um, at any rate, I don't remember it too much. I remember, I remember, I didn't like it very much. I remember. It, uh, it could be 
it, it didn't really have to be about skating, really. No, like, but it the just kid could have been into something else, and like he still would have seen the guy get run over by the train or whatever. And uh, yeah, but it was just about being part of like a subversive scene that would take you to a train yard and everything, though. Yeah, I mean, it could have been into train hopping, sure, but I mean, it was just. It was a way to keep him in like one place in a thing that a young like white kid would be into. And I don't know. I got Yeah, that didn't that doesn't really interest me very much. <laughs> <laughs> like um you know, I, I guess it, it I don't know. It, it seems a little like uh a little exploitative of like the like the like the subversion of skateboarding in a sense. I don't know. I, mean, I guess. Um, I don't know. Because it's not yeah, because I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really consider it. I don't really consider it like a gritty activity. Um, I consider it a weird one for sure. I mean, but, you, don't, you don't consider it gritty. It's because it's like all. I mean, a lot of skateboarding is rooted in like a lot of legal acts about like skating on public property and like private property, like breaking into pools or whatever, and like there's a lot yeah. of like graffiti and stuff attached to skateboarding in general and when you watch like CKY or like other skate videos, a lot of like people like just performing illegal acts, like fucking with people and shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there, there is a lot of that and that's fun. That's funny. But (laughs) I mean, um, like for the most part, it's really just like killing time and doing shit like in a parking lot. So you see skateboarding more like rocket power than CKY. No, no, I don't No. Uh, I take, I take quite a bit of offense to that, <laughs> but, um, I do, I do appreciate it in like the small way that, mm-hmm. um, that I think it was appreciated. I, well, I can't really fucking say for sure, but, um, I mean, when, when skating really evolved, uh, like in, in the late eighties and stuff, and I mean, it evolved sort of out of, uh, out of the limelight. So... <laughs> A lot of a lot of the cool shit that came about skating, like a lot of the fun, funnest stuff, just kind of happened in parking lots or you know outside the grocery store, <laughs> and that's where that's where a lot of I think that's where a lot of skaters really start. Yeah, and um, I think Gwenny Friedman. No, it wasn't Gwenny Friedman. It was uh, Craig Sessick. Craig Sessick, uh, the photographer, mm-hmm. amazing photographer. But I think he said like. Uh, he said something to the lines of like no skate no skate park uh can ever be built that's as fun as a parking lot. I mean isn't that in some level encouraging like loitering and <laughs> shit? Um yeah, probably, but I mean if like, you, if I mean if if but if if skateboarding if like if the draw to skateboarding is that sort of subversive like uh illegal activity like aesthetic um i don't think loitering really gets it there <laughs> uh it's not it's it yeah i don't think anybody would be proud to say that like they're breaking the law because they're standing outside a place that they shouldn't be <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's like especially like proud of breaking the law but there is like that sort of outsider aspect to it it's not like a very there's a sort of alienation of the sub, um, especially like a suburbia and just wanting to get away from it all and like there is a certain subversion in the act of i'm just keep using the word subvert i guess over and over again but like subverting the uh-huh. use of 
of like everyday objects like railings and parking lot areas and stuff and like if you have like an old person walking th- or even like a like a fucking 30s 40 year old like uh family walking through a parking lot they see a skateboarder they're so probably gonna walk away from them <laughs> to get to their right. car yeah that's 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 very true um i don't but i don't see it as um i don't know uh i don't know how to word this like i don't I don't, I don't necessarily see like that that aspect of skateboarding as sort of like reveling yeah. in the um, in the subversion of it. I don't. Uh, I mean, like I know that's I know it's like woodering and it's it's it is destruction of property. It really is, <laughs> but it's not it's not something that's emphasized to the point where like that's the that's the reason. Yeah. Um. They're not like I don't think a lot of skaters are like going out uh, with the like with the mindset to fuck up the architecture. Well, I don't I don't think the film uh, Paranoid Park really portrays that either. I think it's just sort of like you end up in a sort of subversive underground scene that's based on the alienation of youth and you end up being attracted to more like alienating things. Like he doesn't kill that guy on purpose. He just just sort of happens. Oh yeah, no, I know. Like I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't think Paranoid Park is guilty of that. I just why wasn't that your critique of it? <laughs> it was... No, just just that. Like I, I don't know. Like again, um, just like movies that feature skating in general. Yeah, uh, I can't. T- it's it's hard for me to take seriously. What about Rocket Power? Uh, that's especially <laughs> hard for me to take seriously. <laughs> Mostly just because of the shit they do there is impossible. Like, yeah, like don't, yeah, don't don't insult me by thinking that I can get fucking fifty feet of air off a speed bump. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, and cartoons. Be more realistic, cartoons. What's that? Be more realistic, cartoons for children hey. on Nickelodeon. Yeah, well, if they're if if they're gonna try to appropriate the culture that I'm so fond of, they better <laughs> do a good fucking job. Well, it's about hiding the reality of it. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I don't give a shit about. <laughs> or I don't really give a shit about a lot of it. I just think um, I'm just going I mean, to Park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paranoid Park was just. Um, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess a lot of that to do with just the fact that there was skateboarding in it. Yeah. And, um, for someone that's really into it, like that's, and it happens with a lot of things. Like that was, I, I feel like that was a level of attraction to wanting to watch it. Yeah. And, um, again, it really could have been about anything. So, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think skating, uh, because like I'm, I'm so sort of enamored with it and um, kind of understand like the reality of like what skaters actually do, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it just, it seems like it dramatized that aspect of subversion. Okay. What, what, at what point did it reach out beyond what you, find realistic or grounded <laughs> for skating exactly because the murder is um, an accident it's not like he tries to murder that guy no of course not no of course not but there was just it, it just seemed so downcast yeah i mean after he murders the guy. <laughs> it seemed downcast before too when they were like just hanging out at burnside and like nobody was fucking nobody was happy it's, okay yeah i mean i can't i'm never gonna like teach a class on like uh film critique like based on like you know like uh a, like skateboarding critical uh, critical analysis or anything <laughs> um but uh like the story itself sort of like i didn't i didn't really give a shit about the movie 
mm-hmm. itself, like the characters and anything, and just the fact that it was skateboarding, um, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Just because it could have been about anything, and I didn't buy that skateboarding would really lead to something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I, really, I don't really think about that movie too much. I just remember <laughs> it's one of the other it's it's one of the Gus Van Zandt movies that I don't care about. Hmm. All right, but um, if we're gonna go on the lines of like uh, you asked me about like avant garde skating, well, avant-garde, is that a thing? Avant garde skating? Well, I mean it's it's not a, it's it's I don't uh, I don't know how how uh, widespread that term is, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, skateboarding. I feel like by its nature, just because it's it's a very solitary act, mm-hmm. and um, it's really uh, the level of like gratification that you get from it is just what you can accomplish on like a, a toy. Because <laughs> it's a fucking toy. I mean, I, mean, I guess, but you could. I mean, are you gonna call like skis a toy too, or like a hockey stick a toy? Um. Well. Yeah, I'll fucking call them toys. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but, I guess you're not really like, a sports guy in general, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I just, like, any any level-headed skater will tell you it's a fucking toy, hmm. you know. And um, but it's just what you can what you can do with it, and especially if you're very removed from other people, mm-hmm. um, you end up doing weird shit on your toy. <laughs> uh, like, uh, if if you have the time. Um, you should check out the skate video Bees 3, Unusual Protocol. Okay. Um, because by all accounts, these, like, what, <laughs> the tricks that are fill, that fill that skate video um, are just weird as hell. And most of the time, they don't even really count because they're basically just, like, crawling around the knees and, like, getting on a skateboard afterwards. But it's an, ama- <laughs> it's an amazing video. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... Uh, it's not like people fucking like like back threeing like a triple set or something. It's somebody kicking their board and like hoping that it lands on their wheels so they can <laughs> jump on top of it. And uh, interspliced with like clips from like I think like Holy Mountain and shit, <laughs> you know. So I mean, the the fact that that exists. Um, it's sort of like the fact that it exists and the fact that it actually got pretty, like pretty good reviews. I think, I think, uh, boil the ocean, which is a skate, a skate site, um, like said it was one of the best 50 skate videos of like the last 10 years, hmm. you know? And so there is a, there, there is a definite appreciation for, um, like freaks, <laughs> you know, like some, some like the greatest, most like most venerated uh, skaters of all time uh, are weird fucking people. Um, like Mark Gonzalez. Mark Gonzalez is out of his fucking mind. Uh, he does this weird like outsider art because it's not very it's not very good <laughs> or technical, but like he does all that shit and he's one of, he, like he's largely considered the most influential skater of all time just because. Uh, it takes an outsider to decide that they're going to they're going to ride backwards, or they're going to skate handrails. You know, they're they're going to fucking kill themselves just because they're bored. <laughs> you know, and and a lot of like a lot of great skaters, 
um, kind of came up in an era where skating was just not very lucrative. Yeah. So they did it for the pure fact that it was fun and they were bored and they wanted to try something new. Like Neil Blender is another one of those people. Like he'll, there's a contest run, um, like Tampa Am or something or Savannah Slama. And in his contest run, he just gets the fuck off the skateboard, uh, and starts spray painting the wall. And it's one, it's one of the greatest fucking things, uh, like one of the greatest fucking skate things that were filmed in the eighties, you know, and incredibly influential. He doesn't do a single fucking good trick. <laughs> you know, so like there's, so there's, there's definitely like that, that adage in skating that, uh, personality means a lot. There's, there's an old, like, so it's like our, all art, basically a cult of exactly. personality. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's, that's the weird thing too, because like, that's not really, that's not super present in a lot of other things or at least a lot of other things like I'm not into, like, um, you can't really, it's hard to really say like, Oh yeah. Like Dennis Rodman, he hasn't <laughs> been, he hasn't been, uh, like he hasn't been making any baskets lately, but his hair sure is fucking wild. And that you know? North Korea shit's pretty fun. What's that? The, the North Korea stuff. Oh yeah. That was, that was, he wasn't a fucking pro baller then. No, no, he's not been a pro bar in like what fifteen years or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now he's just uh, what a freak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and we've been talking for almost an hour now, so you're gonna walk it back a little bit to your zine, and because sure. uh, you've talked to other big people too. Do you want to talk about a few of them real quick? Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I think for the second issue, we talked to Sally Crickshank. Uh, she was, I think she's, I don't know if she's still an animator, but she was an animator in the seventies and, um, she made this fucking amazing, uh, animated short called quasi at the Quacadero. They used to play it at drive-ins and stuff. And, Hmm. um, like she ended up working on like on Sesame street in the nineties. And I remember (laughs) watching her little cartoons when I was like, when I was a baby on Sesame, you know, on Sesame street. I wasn't a baby on Sesame Street, but I would watch her shit on Sesame Street. I was a <laughs> right, baby. right, right. Um, but yeah, we talked to her and uh, Ron Lassard, who runs R Records, which was the first <laughs> the first uh, noise label in America. Mm-hmm. Um, started in like '83 or something. Jeez, it's pretty. Yeah, late. <laughs> what's that? It seems pretty late. I think I feel like it's. Well, that I mean, I, I mean, as far as noise music is concerned, it, it might, yeah, it's pretty late. But I guess maybe like when it was probably defined, though. I guess I feel like I guess noise is probably around for a while, but never clearly defined as noise. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly it. Like, um, I don't think it would it would be considered a scene really mm-hmm. uh, un, until around that time. Just like an offshoot of punk or something, basically. Yeah, and I think that's that's a lot of what it is. Um, yeah. Remember this interview with Heron Rollins where like he said that like noise was sort of like the uh like the sensical evolution of punk right. or the, bebop really the, the logical you know? conclusion logical conclusion yeah yeah so um we interviewed him um so we interviewed Kyle Mooney who is he's on SNL now 
you oh, probably right. wouldn't fucking talk to us if <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we try to ask him after. Yeah. But but yeah, um, and all those all those people, we just kind of asked, like how <laughs> if we can interview them. How did you well, find them? Uh, for Sally Crookshank, um, Sally Crookshank, I I was a fan of hers before, and I bought a DVD uh, from her website. Yeah. And she emailed me personally saying that she sent it. Oh, weird. <laughs> so uh, I I thought, fucking, okay, if she has time to do that, she has to have time to, like, a- answer a couple questions. Yeah. And it's basically the same thing with Ron Lassard because I've bought a couple of his stuff off Discogs. <laughs> and uh, he'll come out with, like, a little, like, newsletter of, like, shit that he has for sale every month or so. Huh. And um, that's something that he does on his own. Only get a secretary to do that. So he just sells shit on Discog now. Yeah, he just sells shit on Discog. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he, huh. uh, he has his own record store, I think, in um, somewhere in New England. Oh yeah, I guess there's a lot of people just like because Discog is sort of like Amazon, but just for records, basically, and the sorts. And that's interesting. Pretty much. So, yeah. So I, I, I do see that a lot, like record stores listed as selling stuff on Discog. I guess just trying to get through their back catalog, like their older shit, basically. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. He kind of made some like a. Uh, he made the news like slightly just because he was giving away all of his his entire personal catalog of noise music. Oh, weird. Which is like, like several thousand pieces. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, the cool thing about the zine was that. Like, I've always, you know, um, I always love talking to people about their work. Yeah. It's um, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking great. And, like, I just, I love hearing, like, their, their processes. And uh, the zine was an excuse to do that. Yeah. Because it's, it's weird just asking somebody if you can interview them without having an outlet. Uh, and I've tried that. Yeah, can I interview for my diary? <laughs> Yeah, and I've 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 done that. Uh, <laughs> I can't. And it's, it doesn't. It yeah. It it leaves a really sour taste in everybody's mouth. Right. I mean, like I talked to Joel Hodgson on the phone a couple uh-huh. of times about uh, different things. I was going to do a project with him once, and it fell through. But like, it was fun just getting to talk about like the projects he was kicking around that never happened. Yeah. Actually, but but yeah, it, it does feel. If there's no purpose at all, it feels really weird. And that at least had somewhat of an excuse for why he was talking to me. He told me to call him, too. It wasn't like I said, hey, can I call you? <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that that was always nice. But, yeah. I mean, as far as the zine goes, it's, it's, I really, I really enjoy it just because people are, um, they're really fucking happy to send stuff in. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm ecstatic to get them. <laughs> every single time uh because i don't think that I, I don't think we're a big deal really it's just a bunch of two kids fucking around well what's your readership but, like do you know um no actually i think monetarily we've been fairly successful just in the fact that we sell out quite a bit oh nice um like how many issues about oh uh, no well we only we only print like however much we can afford because it's all out of pocket we don't right uh we don't fundraise or anything but i think the last issue we we printed like 40 and we sold most of them um at the zine fest that we we went to oh nice um so yeah like i i don't i don't think that it's i don't think that's a 
that were that big of a deal. Yeah. But I, I think, I don't know. This feels a little bit self-aggrandizing, but <laughs> I, as like, I know, um, like, I mean, I've been published before in a couple, in a couple places and I know how, like, how, <laughs> how nice it feels that somebody actually likes your shit. Yeah. You know? So I, I like being able to provide that service because there are, we, we know a lot of people that are making cool stuff and, um, we actually do want to get it out there for people. Yeah. So like the, like what I, what I really love about the zine is, um, having people like trust, uh, trust in us, like things that they <laughs> submit, like their artwork and, um, having that responsibility of like delivering it in, in a decent way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I mean, I'm not like, you've heard my, you've heard my music and you've, you've, <laughs> you've, you've seen my shit and I'm not, again, I lack discipline. I mean, it's still fun. I've played both. I played uh, at least two tracks of yours on here over the past yes, month or two. <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing, I mean, it's nothing really to be proud of. It's fun to do. I thought your version of the Bells was pretty interesting, and you did seem to put a decent, I mean, oh, you recorded you. it more than once, because I came out there and helped you record the uh, guitar and stuff. Yeah, I did, yeah, and uh, that was because, like, I actually, I volunteered for that, and I wanted to try to make it good for you. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Christmas tracks, they were just... Yeah. Okay, maybe we, we should probably end after that. But like, what the fuck is it? Like, I don't understand your. Uh, I don't like. I don't know how to put this. Like your balls, basically. Like just here, I made this avant-garde Christmas album with like this awful microphone, so it's all tinny and weird sounding. So uh-huh. here, everybody at work, here's a copy. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. Also, like the zine about like the thinly veiled thing about our boss's brother killing him, like, and giving a tip, like, yeah. half the people at work, like, wh- what drives that? Like, do you think people are actually going to enjoy it, or are you just like, I did this, I need to get the fuck out of my head and into yours? Um, part of it's that, <laughs> obviously. Um, pretty much everything that I've done on my own, uh, music or uh, like little chapbooks and shit. Mm-hmm. That, I've, that I've done by myself um, were part of that sort of like creative purge that I was talking about. Um, <laughs> like, that sounds I, so violent. <laughs> it, it kind of, it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's manifested itself in, in, in certain ways before as being violent. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's, it's me kind of sort of losing my mind and trying to get that out. Hmm. So, um, I I do it uh, really based on that, and I give it to people. I think just as like to sort of absolve myself of it. <laughs> um, How do like, like it's sorry? Oh no! Like yeah, like, I mean, giving it to people is sort of like an exhalation for me. Um, and how, I don't, I don't expect them. To, I don't expect them to like it. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like normal sort of people, like some of the people at work, like how do they respond to that? Uh, they didn't. They didn't. No, they didn't. I, I don't. I assume that they hated it, <laughs> or they like they were really confused and maybe a little scared. Yeah. Um. And either way, it's probably for the best that they don't comment on it. But, <laughs> um, I mean, on on the other hand, I only gave. I only did give it to people that, that like I, who I kind of like. 
That's a wide variety of people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I, do, I do like them. Yeah, yeah. So, but... uh, and there is sort of an idea of trust. That, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, I, I enjoy you being a person enough to, like, to, <laughs> to have this weird, fucked up piece of me. That's really um, sweetly vulnerable in a really perverse way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, ag- again, it's 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 sort of cathartic just to, um, well, <laughs> I don't know. I I want to I, I want to say that like the I I want to be accountable for my actions. <laughs> Um, if I'm going to make, if I'm going to create something that shitty and that fucked up, like, I'm not going to just sit on it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let people hear it and like, uh, I don't know, chastise me for it. (laughs) Do you actually think you're going to do that? Probably not. If they were (laughs) fucking cool, they would. You do. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like a real person, as you've pointed out. I'm not like a real person, as you've pointed out before. Did I point out that you weren't a real person? Uh, all I remember is the one time I was talking about the fact that kids like me and you didn't understand why. I was like, I just sort of treat them like they're people. And he said, but you don't treat people like that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't, really. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I, don't, I don't think that makes you less of a person, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, there there is that whole idea that if you, I mean, if you do, if you, <laughs> you can't treat people like people, then how much of a person are you? And I, I fall I fall in that same thing because mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. I don't know how to treat people. I don't know. You seem pretty good at it. <laughs> What's that? You seem pretty good at it generally. Oh, uh, it's all a lie. I'm just. I've just carved a niche so I can hide in it. Well, that's what being a person is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think uh, I think to be a person, you have to do it, but you can't be aware of it. No, I mean, I think everybody's aware on some level, just sort of carving their groove into vinyl that they can follow for the rest of their lives. Maybe, yeah. Uh-huh. Is it is it necessary to skip over and fucking over again? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're a stuttering mess like I am. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> should probably wrap this up. We've been talking for over an hour. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Um, shit, no. Uh, <laughs> except, mostly, except I I guess I expect you to be in the scene now, now that we've talked so gingerly about it. Yeah, no, I mean, you can just, after we finish this, we can talk for that if you want, if you have a way of recording it. Um... Yeah, probably not tonight because I am pretty trash and I haven't. I don't have my notes on hand. But yeah, I am too. I need I'll to probably eat. I'll probably get to you within the week. All right, cool. Uh, and um, is there is there a way to see the zine online, or am I still gonna have to try and set that up for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't. We have very minimal online presence. I mean, we're not impossible to find. That, um, that, that's I don't understand what that means. Well, we don't have we don't have our own page. But you're on a page? Oh, I mean, we have like an interview of our shit and we have What? If you if you <laughs> if you Google us, you'll find stuff about us. What's it called? I don't think we ever mentioned what it's called. Oh no, we did. Uh, Art school yeah. confidential. 
or no, it's not. That's uh, like Remedial Terry Black. Remedial art class. Yeah, remedial, remedial art, art class. class. <laughs> yeah, John Cla- like a uh, Daniel Klaus kind of thing. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, I guess I should plug it. So if <laughs> anybody has any f- any fucking submissions, uh, just send it to remedialartclass uh, at gmail dot com. You guys have a that's gmail? a decent plug, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's fucking Gmail because we're. And what are yeah. they looking for if they Google you exactly? Like, what? Where are you? What do you mean? Like, if they're Googling you, what are they, what do they, what should they expect to find? Um, I know they'll find, like, us in an article about, <laughs> like, the LA Zine Fest. They'll find an interview that we did for the Zine Fest. Um, they'll find a bunch of, like, pictures and shit. Um, this is like none of this helpful for somebody that wants to get an idea of wants to like see experience the zine. Oh, that wants to experience the zine? Yeah. Oh, well, fucking buy, get a copy. Where? What's that? Where? Uh, you can email me. I, I got the fucking. I got. I got the originals. I can print you one. <laughs> well, like no, no. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, short answer is yeah. I fucking need you to help me set up an online presence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you just we can just upload them and put them on script. I mean, if you just go back to work and get somebody to sneakily scan them real quick. Yeah, I should have fucking done that when Evelyn was working here. Because now I gotta find another student to to scan all my shit for me. I mean, you could probably just do it after everybody's left, basically. I could, but then Already- that's. That's my time. <laughs> I mean, they might, yeah, but they might also have like uh, scanners at the library and stuff. Or if anybody, oh, listening, yeah. if anybody yeah. is listening to this and they're in the LA or the Indianapolis area, just uh, reach out to that email address: art school remedial. What, what was it? <laughs> remedial art class. Remedial art class at gmail dot com, and uh, that's right. Offer to scan it for them and send it to me, and I'll set up a script page or something. Yeah, that works. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, no problem. All right. I'll talk to you whenever you want to do your thing. And (laughs) then never again. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll hit you up soon. And then we'll see if I like you then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not a good hope. But I can't even with string words together anymore. Jesus Christ. All right. I need to go eat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go get drunker. Okay, cool. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I don't know. No, whatever. Bye. <laughs> All right, man. Later. Have a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>